Hi, this is Judy, and today I'm talking with Steve, my brother-in-law. Uh, hi, Judy. Uh, this is Steve Quarles. I am um, married to Nancy Emerson, your sister. Steve, you have some stories to tell me about the lake, and Nancy suggested that I ask you from the beginning... <laughs> about your experiences of coming to the lake both in 1992 and also then after you and Nancy were married in 1995. Okay. Yeah, my first visit to the lake was in 1992. My memory is that it was July. I've known Nancy for a very long time. I moved to California in 1985 <laughs> in July uh, with my then wife, we came from Minnesota. I had a job at the University of California. Uh, my ex-wife had a job at the Federal Reserve Bank and and worked in the same area as Nancy. And so we started socializing, I suppose. She, my ex-wife, had a business meeting in uh, Helena. And <laughs> as with, along with uh, Barbara... Contini, who, you know, Barbara and Pat, who, you mm -hmm. know, were mm -hmm. friends of ours collectively. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to make a, a trip to the lake because Flathead Lake isn't really all that far from Helena, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and so they were going to drive over there and do the thing and then come back because both Barbara and uh, Gail had this meeting. My memory is that I flew by myself to Salt Lake City, and I met Pat, who had been on a business trip, and we flew together to um, Kalispell, where we met up with Barbara and Gail, and <laughs> we spent the night in a motel in uh, Whitefish, I think it was, and we made our way to the lake that next day. <laughs> and I think we we must have camped at, on the property, because we definitely stayed for a day or two or three i don't i don't actually remember um how long we stayed okay. but that was my first visit to the lake uh -huh. it was i know that when we were there was the day that the sailboat that your dad had just purchased <laughs> was sailed from oh. summers i think oh. to 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 the lake property and so steve nickel uh, roy and your dad sailed that thing down and I just remember being there on the day that it arrived. Oh, so okay. That's my, my that's memory. your memory of the sail of the sailboat. Right. Huh. And we would I would sail with your dad quite often, uh, with often just he and I, mm -hmm. uh, and then sometimes with the boys. And um, but anyway, so that first first time to the lake is the first time that I had a, a talking to by your dad. Oh no. That was my first first experience with that. And, what happened, uh, Steve? So at that time, uh, there lived at the lake, at least during the summer, a rather large black rubber raft. Mm -hmm. And that rubber raft was paddled by four individuals to Wild Horse Island <laughs> and back. Wow. And the nearest life jacket was 
on shore oh, at the lake property. Oh, so it went, went across and back without a life preserver. <laughs> and where, did you happen to be in that black rubber boat? All of us were, right. <laughs> and never thought to take a, a life jacket sure. uh, for, for anybody. Yeah. And your dad caught wind of that and um, uh, l- l- let us know that it was against the law. Yeah. I mean, against the rules. And, and not only that, it was not safe. So. Yeah. It was a point well taken, uh, but that was the first time that. <laughs> but did everybody get a talking to, or was it just you? You know, I imagine that everybody <laughs> got it. I just happened to remember it. <laughs> but I, I don't remember the rest. I don't remember exactly where it happened, whether it happened in a group or whether, you know, he did it individually. That part I don't remember, yeah. but I do. I do recall it was my first talking. Yes, to and and you say first, so there may be others that will learn about. Yeah. So then, fast forward, as Nancy would say, to nineteen ninety five, and we weren't married during that time. We were together, mm-hmm. but not married. We were married in nineteen ninety six, and uh, yeah. So that um, you know the the boys were very young. Casey was two-ish. Jack was three-ish. was a, a hard, hard trip for me, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. The time at the lake was difficult. And, and um, why was that? Besides that you had two small children to take care of? Well, I mean, I, I suspect that um, if, if we think back, I was um, uh, not hogging, but I was spending a lot of time with with Casey and, and Jack um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know I'm a pretty introverted person and um, conversation with people that I don't so don't know so well doesn't come easy yeah. and Nancy was quite busy um, talking to other people yeah yeah so I uh, it was it was it was a difficult Difficult, difficult trip time for me. So when yeah. you do you remember when you were there? There were the cousins all there, and the the extended families of some cousins. And I should remember these things. I remember. Uh, I don't remember who was there. I remember that during that two week period. Uh, I, I'm assuming it was two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always two weeks, and except for lately when it's much longer. Yeah. Um, but I know that uh, Roy had a raft and we, so Roy, Nancy, I'm pretty sure your brother, John, and maybe someone else, but we, we went rafting on the middle fork. Oh. Um, so I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Roy was there and, and I'm pretty sure your brother John, mm-hmm. and, and if, if if he was there, that means others were there. But I'm not quite sure who else went. Okay, it was it was four only. It was one raft, and we went there, pumped up the raft, went down the middle park. I remember enjoying that. The middle park of um, the Flathead. Of the Flathead, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay, would you hang in with Casey and um, and Jack? And I remember that rafting trip, and I don't remember a lot more. Okay. About that, about that visit. Yeah, but feeling sort of not um, not part of the family, feeling like you didn't know very many people. And uh, the Emerson clan is fairly extroverted overall, I think. And mm-hmm. so they're busy, you know, catching up with all the cousins and um, somebody's new. 
it's not always the easiest uh, tray, I guess, to the to the family. It wasn't for me, yeah. but I mean, I think other people, my uh, rookie personality, maybe that takes me just longer to get to know people. Well, you think about it, Steve, one of the um, things we talked about, you know, was how different the lake was to anything she'd ever experienced before. And I, you know, was just kind of astounded about her coming. There wouldn't have been a place, a bed, you know, there wouldn't have been a, a bathroom for her first year there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that would be hard, too. So it's kind of like, wow, this this um, this place is not the easiest for people to to join. You know, it may in 1992, mm-hmm. the house was there. The garage was there. Oh. The only the only and the uh, you know, the the trailer was there. There was um, I think it was uh, Jamie and Roy's um, camp camper thing <clears throat> back in the back in the day. That temp, temp uh-huh. temper, these things were there, and so I mean the only creature comfort that was missing, so to speak, were the porta potties that started showing up later. <laughs> but you know, so I didn't really experience any of the lack of creature comforts because the way that it is today, it's pretty much the way that it was then, then in 1992. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Well, that's interesting to me that. I remember a few years with, you know, bringing or having friends meet me there. And Mary also talked about the idea of when friends come to the lake, you know, the the point of entertaining them is really important to her because she realizes that they may not just want to sit around, right? It may mm-hmm. not be that comfortable for them to just sit around. So, you know, we, we take a lot for granted when we invite people there that they're going to they're going to fit in right away. And right. And and our friends that we have brought to the lake, they do fit mm-hmm. in. I mean, I think I mean, I think Barbara and Pat have been there. Holly and Ned have been mm-hmm. there, you know, and I, I agree with Nancy on this one. I don't particularly care to leave the lake once I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not like we're. Um, yanking each other's chains to get off the property. Right, right, yeah. Ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. We do go to the town for to shop, and and we do often go fishing. And you know, I once I'm there, I enjoy that. And um, once I'm on the river, but you know, it's a long, it's a long haul. And, yeah, um, huckleberrying. You go huckleberrying. Huckleberry. You like to go and right. yeah, for that. I do. I do like to do that. I think some of the things that I do initially were. To, to spend time with Nancy, you know, because, you know, if, if you catch her and you're doing something with her, you know, she's there with you. Yes, so. right. So, I, you know, I started doing jam and jelly making with her because uh-huh. it was an easy thing. And, and um, I do like going huckleberry picking. And I, I think because of the time it takes to pick enough huckleberries to do anything with them, you really appreciate those <laughs> things. <laughs> the jam, the pie just whatever yeah. you know it's just it's, you appreciate that all that much more so well, tell me more about the the processing of the cherries for jam and jelly you guys have really you know taken that on over the past many years and right what's your you know do you have a specific goal in mind when you do that do you you know how do you think that through our goal is to make enough jam and jelly for those that want to take it home with them. And we know over the years that 
your brother John prefers jelly. Jack definitely prefers jelly. <laughs> Everybody wants huckleberry jam. Um, and so we just want to make enough so that it can go. And, and the last few years, at least, when we've had the cherry stand open, we've sold jam and jelly yeah, out there. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to have a little bit of that. And then there's our personal consumption also. I think we both prefer jam. Um, so, and I like both the Lambert jam and the Royal Ann jam. So I want to make sure there's an, enough of those. And I, but I, I, there's no trick. It's just making enough so that everybody has they want. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. we both enjoy making the jam and jelly for family yeah well uh, so often it's late in the evening when you two start your jam making you know and it has to be something you enjoy I'm guessing or you wouldn't you wouldn't continue to do it yeah no I do and I think we've gotten pretty good at it Mm -hmm. Um, I have my my jobs and Nancy has her jobs in the process and um, you know I think we um, um, try to remember to bring the pan that we have that is a good pouring because uh-huh. that's pretty that's part of the part of the trick is to make it easy to get the jam and jelly from the pan to the jars and if it doesn't pour well then uh, it's, it can be frustrating and messy yeah. right yeah do you have a secret recipe that you use or do you you know do you use a family traditional recipe we use um, the box from the store and the <laughs> recipe on the recipe on the box. Um, I, I think Nancy went through a stage where it was really important to have uh, low sugar, and we just had some problems with um, you know, setting up. Yeah. The, so the the sure gel thing. I was following her her lead on that one. Um, I think we've gone back now just to the normal packet and the normal recipe and if it takes four cups of sugar it takes four cups of sugar and you just live with it (laughs) (laughs) okay do you do other cooking type things um while you're there steve or have you in the past so i think i've observed that i'm sort of a sous chef for dinner if nancy assigns up for dinner Mm and i help and i'll do the the I'll grill, I'll cut up, you know, that I think the thing that I do on my own, so to speak, is breakfast. Uh-huh. I'll make um, pancakes, bagels and eggs. Lately, I've been doing fried potatoes and eggs and bacon or sausage. I prefer sausage, so I'll often make that. Mm-hmm. I know many, many folks at the lake prefer bacon, so I, you know, I do that no. too. <laughs> um, but Sometimes I do breakfast when there's a lot of people at the yeah. lake, but off, often I do breakfast for when it's a smaller group of yeah. people at the yeah. lake. I don't, I don't, I don't have a Mary Emerson, you know, the French toast casserole <laughs> that you can make for um, umpteen thousand people. You know? But you do, um, you do do breakfast uh, more than once while you're there, and often you are in the kitchen organizing your breakfast when there are 20 people there and uh, at least 20, right? So you have done it for when yeah. there's lots of people there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think, so I, I, 
pancakes are easy to make for a lot of people and and uh, definitely bagels and eggs are def- are easy to make for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a special yeah. pancake recipe that seems to be popular enough people don't complain yeah. about it anyway so here's the other thing about anyway. making breakfast is people don't get up at the same time <laughs> in the morning yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but particularly if you're making eggs because you don't know no one nothing's worse than a cold oh, egg, that's right so. so you make them to order as i recall and that's a great tradition yeah it's fun yeah. yeah after your first year you sort of uh knew you would be coming back there you knew you were going to be with Nancy and you had these boys how did you uh manage things at the orchard or make yourself more comfortable did you come up with some kind of process or some kind of way to manage all that I think I started doing jobs finding jobs I I, I think what Mary said about looking for things to do you know struck me as something that I did. So I looked for things to do that no one seemed to be doing or no one seemed to care if I did mm, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I became the garbage guy, mm. I think, for a number of years. I I think that the thing now, I mean, it's like, this is the 25th or so year and there are younger people there now. Yeah. And I try not to uh, hog a job. <laughs> so if someone wants to do the, the garbage run, you know, I let that happen. I've noticed for a number of years, I was the principal boat driver yes. for, for kids. Yeah. If your brother, John, wasn't there, I was definitely the go-to boat yeah. driver. And I know now that, you know, so Jillian is uh, knows how to drive the boat and Casey's interested in driving the boat Mm. so even though I think this is another another thing that I'm you know gonna be um, giving up so that others that really enjoy driving the boat can drive Mm -hmm. the boat because it's 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 quite fun I mean your dad taught me how to drive the boat and he was you know he would go out with me and so he was patient with me and I've been trying to help Casey Jillian you know she her dad is a good boat driver. So she, she came with a license, you know, it's the only, only one that I know that has a license to drive. Wow, the boat. Wow. But, um, so I think, you know, that's, that's going to happen. I, I remember your dad. Um, I think when you first learned to drive a boat and I hadn't driven a boat in my life until coming to the mm. lake and it's hard to, to know exactly what the boat will do or what you, what the boat is comfortable yes. doing. And so you're, you're, you're um, cautious initially and I could remember your dad sitting in this in the seat next to the driver's seat and, and he, he would take this the steering wheel when I was turning a corner let's say I was I was like taking a long time to turn around and he would he would just take the wheel and just yank it down so that you know, the boat can can turn sharper than you're doing it watch so you learn sort of on the job training but oh JT that's right yeah yeah yeah, it was it was actually fun to, to do that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Tell me more about your experiences at the lake. Where did you did you two used to tent camp? So I I think in 1992, I was in a tent, but I haven't been in a tent any year since then, huh. unless you count the uh, the pop up tent 
which I don't count as uh, a the one that's the pull trailer, the trailer, the pull trailer, trailer kind uh-huh, of a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we had, um, I think uh, we had the trailer. Sort of, we we were the we were the family that got the trailer. And when you say that, you mean uh, mom, dad, the, your dad's, yeah. your yeah, your dad's trailer, okay. mom and dad's yeah. trailer. And so we we had that for years. Mm-hmm. I think be, before we had the trailer for years, I remember that we and I know that Casey was really tiny because I have a picture of him in bed, you know, smiling and whatever. And um, it was um, in in that pull trailer pop up thing, oh. and it, at the, that that was when it was living next to the yes, garage. Yes. Do you think you stayed there? Like likely more than one yeah. year. I don't, and then, and then somehow, I don't know who was staying in the trailer when we were in that pull trailer thing. Yeah. Someone must have been. And then, and then we started staying there. And we always refer to John and Mary Emerson, sort of the whole Emerson clan as the state that they are from. So they were the Texas Emersons, and then they became the South Carolina Emersons, and now they're the Washington State Emersons. So, that that those people got you know because of the um, size of the family let's say you know they they were in the house it seemed like in the basement mm-hmm. and that seemed to be pretty pretty common okay and uh, we had the trailer yeah. and huh. so you know that was handy and because the both boys could stay in the trailer and the trailer had a bathroom and it was so <laughs> very convenient right. uh, yeah. And also, um, so. I remember the boys, Jack and Casey, and then my sons, Andrew and Isaac, sleeping in that tent trailer. When they got old enough to sleep by themselves, I think, they, the four of them slept together in Jamie and Roy's tent camper. Or, you know, I don't remember okay. that, but uh, it doesn't mean it didn't yeah. happen. Uh, yeah. Because th- there, were, there were definitely times when the boys were teenagers uh, that... Um, they s- slept elsewhere. Yeah. I just wasn't quite what? sure where. <laughs> I don't remember exactly where. <laughs> you know, sometimes it was could have been in the garage. Right. Sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. it just, I think it moved Did around. they ever have tents, the two of them? That they um, put up? So, Ka- so last year, Casey brought oh, a tent. Um, but I don't think it was a common thing for them to have okay. a tent. Okay. Yeah. Or a hammock. They didn't oh. ever use a hammock like the the, the mom. Like boys. the moms. Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember them doing that either. Yeah. So besides so. the trailer and uh, staying, not really, you weren't really in the midst of everything when you're in the trailer. You're kind of removed from the the main hub, which to me is down by the garage, the apron of the garage. And during cherry picking season, there's the processing table that goes, uh, that I I remember it's always been there, but it was could have been somewhere else at some point, next to the north face of the house, underneath right. the awning that probably isn't that old. Uh, I wondered about, you know, being did you feel like you could go up to the trailer and get away from the hubbub of the, the orchard or did you ever need to do that? I don't ever remember needing to do that. I would go up towards the trailer. I've always, I mean, I've, I've always had a very uh, flexible job Mm -hmm. 
um, at my professionally, I could work anywhere. I've always had jobs that had, you know, pretty good vacation leave, but I would work um, during my time at the mm-hmm. orchard. And if I needed to take a call, I would walk up towards the, towards the trailer just because it was quieter. Yeah. But I, I never really, the, the, the trailer was warm in the summertime during the okay. day. Uh, and so it wasn't the most comfortable place to be in, but I never really felt the need to go to the trailer. Um, there's always something to be, to do. You know, I, I, uh, picking cherries just isn't the, my most favorite thing. Um, I'm will happily sort them. Um, I, I, you know, I prefer selling mm-hmm. up on the, up on the, up on the roadside stand. Yeah. I'll do that as, as often as people will let uh-huh. me. That's interesting, Steve, being an introvert and yet being able to meet those uh, tourists up there at the highway. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, being an introvert for a fairly long time, <laughs> I've sort of thought about, I've, I've thought about uh-huh. these things. Uh, and I, I think, you know, when I'm there, I know, I know my job, I know who I am. And the worst that can happen is, you know, you kind of help you. I want that bag of cherries. Here's my money. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. But but I, I, I have had um, some really nice conversations with people yeah. up there because there's really no expectation for me. Yeah. And I've met uh, people that I know. And I've met people that know people that yeah. I know yeah. up there. It's just the oddest it thing. Is. And, and I, I, you know, I know I really like folk music and I've met people that are from the town where one of my favorite folk singers is from (laughs) and you know they know him and they listen to him so (laughs) you have these sort of really pleasant conversations and and you know the the best that can happen is you have one of those conversations and the worst that 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 happens is you sell a bag of cherries or you don't true that's true and most people once they stop, they've decided they're buying a bag of cherries. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whether it's a bag of cherries or more than one bag of cherries. And very few people, in, 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 when I've been up there, have driven away because the, you know, they're, the cherries don't look good or they're too expensive. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And also up there, you know, you do get to have more one-on-one conversations with people, which I'm better at. Mm-hmm. And, you, and those cute kids come up and... <laughs> You know, I don't think they, they may have bothered, uh, you know, some, but they're really rather cute to watch wave the flag and get the, get the, the, um, you know, the trucks to blow the yeah, horn and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Well, I was talking to Chloe yesterday and uh, she remembers as a cute little girl, you know, taking the cherry sampler to people's cars and asking them if they want to try this, the cherries and, you know, that that was just a very pleasant experience for her she she told the you know she tells the, the story I think for a, I mean I like selling cherries too and it's also because of you know the people that you meet up there and and yet for Andrew I know he mentioned that he it was a way for him to kind of get away from the chaos you know it was just too many people at the lake and it was hard to be around them all the time so um, everybody has their niche I think or their their right. reason yeah. yeah, I mean, so that the same way that I um, like being at the cherry stand, whenever there's a party, I will always volunteer to be the bar bartender uh-huh. because, 
you know, because you have a job right. and, you know, what can I get you? And, you know, it, that either turns into a conversation or it right, doesn't. Right. And, it's true. You know, it's, it's a similar, similar kind of um, process yeah. for me. Anyway. Yeah, that's good thinking. When you came to the lake, it usually was for two weeks. So until when did that, uh, when did you guys start staying longer? And has that, uh, you know, you haven't been retired for very long. So how did you work that, that out with your, your employers? So um, we started staying longer after Nancy retired. About, about that same time. And before that, I think we were pretty much there for two yeah. weeks, sort of to the minute almost, <laughs> because we had a, we had a, a schedule. And uh, we would take probably three days to drive up, and then we would wait to the very last minute to leave. And so we would just drive straight back. But in, in 2011, after Nancy retired, we did start staying longer and it's been the last couple of years after I retired that we started staying longer yet. But in 2011, when Nancy retired from the fed, I also retired from the university of California and took a job. I took another job. I retired to take another job with this this insurance research facility Uh people. And Part of the deal was I wasn't moving to South Carolina. This is the same place where your brother John worked for a couple of years. Um, At the same time, when I was working there, he also worked Mm -hmm. there. But because moving wasn't part of the deal, when I wasn't at the lab in South Carolina, I was working remotely. And working remotely was at home in California. But my boss, uh, you know, since I could work remotely in California he didn't care if I was also working remotely from Montana. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would work. And you, you may remember one of those years when you and Woody were staying in Helen's garage apartment, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you guys, I'm going to say this in this particular way, but you know, it wasn't quite so, wasn't quite so cut and dry, but you know, you guys had to vacate by eight o'clock in the morning so I could, so I could go to work and then you would stay gone until, you know, five or so. And you'd use the room as an office. And I would use that, your bedroom as my office oh, okay. during the day. Oh. And I would, and so I, and that's how I would, you know, that's how we could stay up there. Cause I would be working, but working next door. And it, it was far enough away from the activity that, that it wasn't so distracting for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And so, and, and then I retired from IBHS in 2018. And, uh, I think that, and my retirement day was July one or June 30. <laughs> I forget exactly how it worked, but you know, then, and, um, and, and so we stayed, I think, uh, five or six weeks that okay. year. And, um, and then we went to Scotland right after uh-huh. that. So we were, you know, I was, we were out of pocket for a while. Yeah. And then we, and then last year we stayed for my, my memory is eight weeks. Okay. So, okay. Um, and by that, you know, that, that the last year anyway, for sure, we had that, our, our own trailer that is still living at the lake. Right. And 
So we stayed in that trailer the entire time. That was from 2019. I, yeah. Is that when you started using yes. your trailer? Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. So for two years, yeah. you've used that. Um, right. Use that right. trailer. Great. Yep. As staying there for that long, you have the benefit of, you know, being there over the course of the, when the cherries are ripe and all the cousins and other siblings show up to work at the cherry orchard or to play at the cherry orchard or both or both. Uh, That's right. (laughs) And then you have the added benefit. I think it's a benefit on both ends of that being at the lake when there aren't so many people around. Right. That's right. Before, during, and after we get yeah. it all. And, right? and do you have yeah. things that you uh, look forward to that you prefer to do during the, the off time when you don't have so many people to, you know, take on the boat or ch- sell cherries for, or do other things that are related to, you know, the masses, take the garbage to the dump. I think I look for things to do and I've uh, even then, even now. So I, I'm getting more comfortable, I think, finding things to do. So, you know, Woody is the principal cherry tree pruner. So I have learned from Woody and I know his strategy for um, pruning. Mm -hmm. And there are some trees that don't necessarily get pruned by Woody. And I feel comfortable doing that. That's sort of an after thing. Yeah. Um, I think what I've started doing uh, are things I'm comfortable doing. So I uh, started prepping and staining decks. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've, that's the sec- two years ago when uh, your, your dad employed Chloe, we did some, projects together so i would power wash something mm-hmm. and chloe would stain it mm-hmm. we made you know your that that new, the new deck in front of the me house mm-hmm. you know I, we made that and then my professional training is is a wood person and so i have um, I, I i i don't have a lot of strong opinions but i do have opinions about things that that you know deal with things that i know yeah. so so would I, I have a particular preference for a certain kind of stain for example so i'll and 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 deck boards for example yeah. and 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 so you know your, your dad is humoring me and he'll buy the deck board that i want <laughs> and he'll buy the stain that i specify and then either i'll stain or or, in, or chloe will stain um but you know, I, I so I, I found those things to do. I last last year I spent a lot of time uh, limbing up trees in the in the pine forest, mm-hmm. so to speak, up, up next to the next to the. I found the upper lot way up in the upper lot. Upper, upper, upper mm-hmm. lot, and but I did it the same thing around around the knee house and down by the mm. lake. Um, I uh, found out that. Um, our neighbor Stephanie has this really slick uh, um, push uh, weed weed trimmer, weed whacker, and so I borrowed that (laughs) a couple of times and I weed whacked uh, um, the limmers, you know, Heinz's steep, steep, yeah, um, because that was like Texas tall grass, and and then I, I did the same thing 
in the upper lot, the, the closer to the highway, there's a lot of tall grass. So I borrowed, you know, borrowed that thing from Stephanie and, and, uh, weed whacked up there. Okay. And, um, the little turnaround where that, you have tall grass on the side there. I weed whacked okay. that. Stayed, you know, I don't know, stayed pretty busy doing this and that. And then, um, cherries happen uh, your I, your dad has let me be the money counter the last few years and that's kind of fun for ah. me to count and tally the uh, the, the money the total um, the total sale the total the, the total take for yeah. the day and then I give that to your dad he puts it in his journal and I, I put it in my journal and <laughs> so there used to be quite a system for that um, some kind of tally sheet that Jamie used or mom used is that yes ma'am it still is used I would not change that from (laughs) (laughs) all the cherries in China (laughs) no uh -uh. no so I know we we still use that piece of paper and uh, that goes back you know your dad has to print out them at the beginning of the season and and we use those and yeah (laughs) that's pretty fun (laughs) okay and that's a nightly thing right you do that that's a nightly thing. So I, mm. Right. I get help uh, opening usually and then uh, putting up the signs. And then uh, I'll take my stint. Um, I think, you know, uh, selling cherries is, is popular with enough people that there's never really um, hard to find someone to be up there. And you, you, you like to be up there in the evening. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And, and you're happy to, to stay there. Um, to sell that last last bag, bag. <laughs> yeah you 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 you're not so easily making deals to, to that's to, true i don't do that to close to close the place so yeah, it's always good what about um after the cherry uh who, who, what do you call that kerfuffle happens what kind of things do you do I think that that's only happened the last couple of years when we've really been there for a long time after. There's a lot of takedown that has to happen. But I remember that after the after um, the crowd left, I was going to um, stain the, the, the walkway that goes on the side of the garage to the, you know, to the bathroom. That, and that side of the, of the garage still needs to be stained. Last year, I mean, year before, I stained the back and the side and the front before crowds showed up. And I just don't know where the time went because there was no time. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, two two years ago, was it the year that I just looked at my elbow? That oh, right. I stopped being I stopped being helpful about it. <laughs> <laughs> but but last year, you know, I just don't I just. I can't remember where the time went because we were there and I had uh, every intention of doing that. And it wasn't like we were just sitting around. It was just other things to do that I don't recall they what were. those things were. Well, they could have yeah. been. It's easy for the takedown to be uh, time consuming. Yeah. But, you know, the takedown part, I just uh, follow follow instructions. Okay. Go, go, go do this. I'm not, I don't really have any lead role there for the takedown part that i can remember you know we are putting things away that's the main goal 
over the years, there have been different ways to try to organize, uh, say, mom and dad's kitchen. And there's been, you know, an extra bookshelf put in or food shelf, I guess, in the kitchen or in mom and dad's bedroom. And then there's all the food that people leave there. Uh, there's mm-hmm. coolers in the garage that need to be consolidated. And there's all kinds of things to put up in the attic of the garage, you know, that are that are cherry stand related. And the cherry stand is taken apart. And, you know, there's all kinds of different things that happen. And, and those can take up a chunk of time, too. So, I mean, I, I do take put up and take down the, the, the stand. I know how to do that. And there are some outside things that I do, but the thing I've observed is that in, unless it in, in, entails going into the kitchen to get the garbage, I don't really, and are, are making a meal. I don't really do a lot of organizing mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. Your hands off in that department. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that the thing is, as, as you know, that, um, <laughs> Emersons have a, a strong opinion about certain organizational oh things, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, it's nothing but a more frustrating for me than to, for me to do something and, and have it undone, undone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and redone. Right. So, I understand. so yeah. there are things that you do uh, off season at the cherry orchard, things that like the, the bees. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, that's I guess one thing over over the years um, that I've decided that I liked and wanted to learn more about. And you know, your dad knows a lot about them, and so I've been learning from him again. And he pretty much lets me do the bees now. I mean, he'll go up whenever we go look at the bees. I I'm the one that suits up. I re- I think I really like this because I'm not afraid of the bees, and so I'm really calm yeah. around the bees. I don't. I I have been stung. It doesn't bother me. So I've been, you know, but I, and I'm I'm learning your dad's way with the mm-hmm. bees. Um, you know, uh, Pat Barbara and Pat mm-hmm. Pat has bees, and and I've observed that that he does things differently. He just learned a little bit differently, but you know, in in essence, it's it's close enough. I just noticed some of the things that Pat does and some of the things that. I do because your dad taught me to do them this right. way. They're a little, little bit mm-hmm. different. But so during, during uh, harvest, during the cherry season, we'll go up and look at the, at the bees just because we want to know whether to put another super on. If, if the bees are making a lot of honey, then they need to have a place to put that honey in. And, and we'll add it. So last, last year, for example, last summer, we did put another super on a couple of the hives, on only the, two of the hives. And there were only two hives um, last year. But um, Could you just back up a little bit and explain about the bees, maybe where they're located? Yeah. The bees um, are on the upper lot. And they are not, they're sort of in between the upper lot where the, where the trees are. And above the garden, so between the garden and um, the, that upper lot where the trees are, it's where these younger cherry trees are near where near where the near where the lapin trees mm-hmm. are is where the bees are. And a couple of years ago, we moved them. If you're looking, if you're standing on the road looking up uh, the hill, they used to be on the left, sort of to the left of the lapins. And uh, a couple of years ago, we moved the hives to. Um, a place behind the Lapins. It was a sunnier location, felt like they were a, just a better spot for the mm-hmm. bees. And 
we've gone from since I've been going there that used to be there were three hives last year there were two hives I guess I've been thinking about asking your dad to uh, uh, look back at his records for yet one more thing and I've, I've been curious to know the years that he's had to buy an, a new queen mm-hmm. the years that he's had to have the years that he's had to buy a new hive you know one hive or two hives just sort of to, to track um, how often a, a successful overwinter occurs for, for a hive or a queen. And yeah. you know, I just, I mean, so I'll, I'll chat with him yeah. about that at some point. I, I mean, it seems like uh, that's one of those interesting things that, you know, there have been hives that have swarmed. There have been hives that have uh, died for whatever reason. I've been hives that are, you know, get molded out in the winter, I guess, you know, so uh, that is, those are all, that's all things that are very interesting. I think about that, that whole process and the, the and those are presumably what pollinate the cherry trees in May. That's right. I mean, that's why we have the bees because of cherry trees. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a number of bee hives around. So Pat Esteson has bees, Mm -hmm. pretty sure. And then someone um, gets a deal with Ed to put bees up by his house. Mm-hmm. And I think Ed gets some free honey out of the deal. And and that guy gets a place to put his bees. And yeah. So there are a number of hives around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyway, so we, we take care of the bees during the summer. And then the, the winter bee activities I need to learn more about because, you know, they're re- really your dad does all that now. Yeah, but in October, um, so the last couple of Octobers, um, we Nancy and myself, and uh, last year Casey came up because he was available, um, and we do some fall activities. And one of one of the fall activities is to extract honey mm-hmm. from the hives. And so, a friend of your dad's, um, a number of years ago, gifted your dad, uh, a centrifuge kind of a thing that you can put two frames in at a time and you spin it and it, and it ejects the honey. So I've been learning how to do that last year. I pretty, pretty much did it by myself. Um, mm. this last year I had help from Casey cause he was there and, yeah. and anyway, so and it was a good honey year this past year. So we had but it's just a, it's a day job. You bring, you, you bring the hives down before. And then the two years ago, remember when the sink was being put into the, that, that new sink. And and so the, um, it was, I think it was happening at about the same time. And so the, the honey was in the garage and nothing flows worse than cold honey. And, and so it, I had to wait for that whole thing to be done before I could move the, 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 the uh, frames into, the, into the, the shop, which is heated, yeah. so that the honey could warm up so that mm-hmm. I could actually um, extract, you know, extract the honey. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Quickly back to the, the honey process. Is that, do you pull down, do you take down the entire super? The, the you, box on top of the hive when you when you make honey from that so you that there are um two there are honeys honey for the bees and honey honey for the humans 
mm-hmm. and and the lower two big supers are for the bees. And then your dad uses a queen excluder between the honey for the bees and the honey for the humans. Mm. And that that's a, a screeny thing that this that the that the uh, queen cannot fit through, mm. but the but the bees can fit through. So they can they can put honey into those frames, but the bee that the queen bee can't um, uh, do her thing to to make new, more bees in that area. In that in that area, so there's a frame or two or three above the queen excluder that are that, and those uh, frames come down. The the bee the frames the the supers that contain honey for the bees that's that that stays there year round uh-huh okay so okay. yeah interesting yeah. all right huh anyway so that that happens uh during the fall last year we also uh casey did the lion's share of this work but we crushed the apples and mm. made juice made mm-hmm. apple juice mm-hmm. and i guess i started seeing all of the winter winterization things that that go on that i just no idea I watched your dad uh, winterize the the pump house. You know, mm-hmm. turn on turn on the heater, put the insulation in. Casey, um, just amazing to me. He, we, quote unquote, but you know, Casey, <laughs> Casey got that that uh, the new uh, dock that John, your brother John, sort of designed and was made last summer with the wheels. So we got that pulled in, but you know, Casey just swam out into that lake in October. It's cold. It was like 50, 50 something degree. Wow. 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 And wow. He, he was in there for minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. And he, he, he did, he did go sit in the hot tub for a little bit after that. <laughs> it was just amazing to me to, to, to see him do that. Yeah. I, just, I just couldn't, there was just a lot of um, activities that mm-hmm. happened that I, I wasn't quite aware of. Right. Yeah. Because you haven't been there and, and they right. haven't been, Pre, yeah, before it gets too Almost cold. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Those are all good things for you to know. Do you have a preference for all of the things that you do? I mean, when you start thinking about it, Steve, you do quite a lot around the orchard. Just putting it into words, you know, are, is there something that you look forward to every year? I do like the bees and the honey part. I like the selling mm-hmm. part. So I imagine I'll try to keep doing those i i like staining and taking care of the wood things around there so but so these are these things happen during different parts of the season and so it's not like they conflict with with one another Mm -hmm. Um, i'd say that i'll continue to do what i can you know given good health and all that so yeah well, it, I mean, you've essentially figured out a way to a niche for yourself. You know, you have, you're doing things that maybe dad always did beforehand, but you know, as he gets older, it's not as easy for him to do them. Right. Yeah. I think he's happy to, to turn them over to other people. But also I think that, you know, that you have to have some enthusiasm for those things too, because I, I probably could learn how to stain, but it's not something that I would prefer to do, right? So, so I, I, won't, I won't tap you to help me then. About Great. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of an endless project. You know, there's a, there's a lot of outside staining, right? The house itself is stained. The garage is stained. The 
the decks around the house are stained. The hot tub deck is stained. The me house has a deck yes. stain. I mean, it's sort of endless. So the house, I mean, this is off topic a little bit, but the uh-huh. house, uh, particularly that north side, it, it has uh, a thing that happens that is uh, pretty... Um, from from my interest perspective, it was pretty interesting, and and I've I've seen I I figured out what it was, you know I think in large part because of of, of it happening on your parents' house, but it's it's a thing called zebra striping, oh. and and um, you have mold growing on the siding where the studs aren't, so and so you have these um, it's zebra striping, so you have where the studs are, it's kind of clear and then where mm-hmm. the studs aren't you have this uh, black mold and I started seeing that there and then I started seeing that everywhere and not, not, not everywhere literally but you know many places yes. and but back in that time I was doing uh, a lot of mold kind of work so I tr- tried to work out what was going on and it was um, I figured it out and and I so, so I but back when I was getting talks about mold I would this, this would be one of the pictures I would show which would be this <laughs> <laughs> oh that famous lake house that yeah. we all <laughs> right yeah wow so the mold the famous mold on the, the zebra striped mold right and when Chloe stained that side uh, I put a little biocide in, in the stain so that oh. um, to, to minimize that occurrence it's, that's not that it's going to happen again but you know uh-huh, it should, uh-huh. should take a little bit longer and it's on the north side because it doesn't get enough sun. Right. That's I right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it can't dry out as quickly from the sun. And so it has to dry out from other, other sources of heat. Hmm. And, and I, if your dad hadn't built, you know, an energy, energy efficient house, then maybe it wouldn't be happening at all. But because he has yeah. so much insulation in those walls. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why it happens. I see. Wow. Did so. did any of your family ever come out to the lake property, Steve? Did your parents come one year? My my parents did come. Um, you know, my my uh, father's still traveling. They came out. You know, my dad is a lot like me. He's uh, a little on the quiet side. Um, my mother is is uh, very um, outgoing, mm-hmm. and so I'm pretty sure she had a pretty great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't remember what we, I imagine we took them here and there, Yeah. but I don't have a memory of that. My, you know, my, my main memory of, of their visit is that my mom made dinner. She, uh, she's a, she, both my parents were born in the South and, and they're very uh, Southern in, in a good way. You know, my dad is, was very um, much a gentleman kind of a guy, mm-hmm. very polite. And my mom was a pretty good cook. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember Mary's. I remember when Mary's mom went out because Mary's mom made killer crab cakes, oh, and I, I love I, I love a good crab cake. And I just remember <laughs> that. And uh, my mom has a couple of really famous uh, dishes, at least amongst the the known. Mm-hmm. And um, and she made she has she has this uh, recipe for beef brisket. Okay. And it's beef brisket, and then she has this rice dish she makes, and some vegetable, and some bread. Mm-hmm. But it's the brisket that um, 
is famous and it uses some sort of marinette and liquid smoke. And then she does some barbecue sauce thing on top of it. I just remember it being very popular mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, I bet. Uh, during the lake. When so was that? Do you remember what year they would have come out? Oh, I think it would have been in the um, early 2000s. Okay. I, I don't remember exactly. I think your dad will remember, but it was, um, it, it would have been, and, but none of my other uh, family have come. We've had, as I said, some friends that came up, but only, only my mom and dad and only that once. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. Good. Well, do you have any um, lasting thoughts you want to, you want to leave with us, Steve? This has been a, a very different podcast because you've talked a lot about the processes that happen at the cherry orchard, you know, the, the, a lot of the things that are behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> all the way from the garbage, right. To, right. Um, staining to the bees. I mean, all integral to the, the whole orchard, but not something that, that uh, many people have talked about yet. So right. I'm glad. And counting the money. And counting the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The one lasting memory I have, and I don't, I don't really know why this is, but and your, your, your dad sold his sailboat a, a fairly long time ago. I remember Andrew talking about, you know, there was a sailboat before where there was the floating dock or the whatever, yeah. um, and they would use that sailboat. But, you know, besides uh, Steve Mickle, there weren't very many people that liked to sail all that mm-hmm. much, but I would go, I would go out with your dad at least once every time every year until he sold the sailboat yeah. and and um that's one thing i've never i i, I got the knack of, of driving the boat but the you know he would let me drive the sailboat so to speak but i just never really got the hang of that mm-hmm. but i remember one time when the boys were very young uh, we all went out your dad myself and jack and casey mm-hmm. and we went out at some point during the trip, uh, the wind really died down to the point where there was no wind at all. <laughs> and your dad is really calm under pressure, but it became clear that something not quite right was happening mm-hmm. because it was, the, it was the calm before the storm. Uh-huh. He knew it. And so he started getting the motor, you know, the, the, the outboard motor working and he had a hard time you know didn't really start right away Mm -hmm. but you know he was pretty calm he got it going and then um we started motoring in and the wind was starting to pick Mm -hmm. up and my job in coming in was to you know that i was the guy in the front of the boat that would hook the the hook the buoy and then tie up yes so I was up there and I missed mm-hmm. and I remember diving in and um, grabbing the, the, the buoy and tying, uh, hook, hooking on and then swimming behind the boat. And by this time it's, it's raining and uh, the wind is really starting to whip. Yeah. And so we were clearly not going to make it to shore. Um, I got on the boat, you know, soaking wet and, and you got downstairs and, and your, um, your dad sort of battened up the hatches and then we just sat and let out the storms and the boys were sitting on my lap yeah. and it was, it was like a roller. It was rather wow. fun. Wow. Once, we, once fun. we got inside, 
well, for me, it was fun, but I realized afterwards that it, it scared the bejesus out of the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they didn't like boats much. <laughs> they liked it even less after that. But, you know, we, so we, we, we were in that boat and, and until the, you know, these storms, they come and they go, they don't last yeah. all that yep. long. Yeah. And, and we, uh, so the storm passes, we undo, we walk out on the, uh, walk out on the boat and, and uh, your mom and Nancy were down on the dock. Just everybody was okay. okay. But then yeah. they, knew, they knew we didn't make it back. Um, they, well, they knew we didn't make it back to the house. I, mean, I don't know what they knew. Um, but, you know, your dad said, well, you know, if we hadn't made it back, we would have ridden it out just fine out there in the lake. In the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the lake. But, you know, it was <laughs> very, very exciting. And, I, you know, I, huh. I, I, don't, think the, I don't think the boys uh, took sailboat rides since <laughs> so do you remember how old they would have been how old was they were i mean this is probably in the late 90s or early I mean, 1999 2000 something like okay. that they okay. were they were young yeah well yeah that was that awesome. was my exciting story exciting story that's very cool. <laughs> that and the, and the fires on wild horse island was oh awesome. right awesome. right i think that that fire i think i was at the cherry stand and and I really wanted to go out there and look at the fire because uh, I do fire things. And yeah. I think Clark, Clark Blesson came back and got me, uh. picked me up. <laughs> and then we went out there. And I think, and then they, they, um, uh, Clark and I think Casey and Casey and, and other, others uh, went ashore. And, yeah. and, and I was driving the boat. This is my other time I made an error driving a boat <laughs> driving a boat I got in a little bit too far let's say and and uh, the propeller I mean <laughs> as, as a result of that okay. um, so it, it had to it had to um, it yeah. had to be repaired let's say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but I did not get a talking to oh you didn't no uh-uh. I, I think you, your dad is um, not he doesn't get angry. So. <laughs> well, I've never actually seen him get angry. He's not not got angry at me when he talked to me about the about the life jacket. It was a safety thing, and a, you could get a ticket if, if. Well, it's been fun talking to you about the the lake and all the different things that you've been involved in, Steve. So thank you. For, oh, thanks. Thanks for talking You're, to me. If you enjoyed hearing about Steve's reflections of his time at the lake, come back to Cherry Orchard Conversations for another episode in our series. And if you are a family member or a friend with a story to share about the orchard, let me know. Thanks for listening.